Hey guys, it's Seth here. Just letting you know the version you're listening to right now includes the entirety of each track that we talked about so that you can listen to the whole thing just like we did to get the full experience of what uh, each track brings. Uh, if you want to save time listening to this episode though, there's a shortened version linked in the description, so you go check that out if you're short on time. Anyway, sit back and enjoy this episode. Okay, it was the Les, Mis- Les Miserables. Les Miserables. What did you say? I can't. It's <laughs> literally <laughs> the Miserables. That's what it translates to. I can't. I don't know how to say French. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. It's Les Miserables or whatever. Let's, I, I don't let's speak listen. French. Oui, <laughs> oui. <laughs> no hablo el baguette. <laughs> Hello there. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Talk to me, Goose. You steal the Declaration of Independence. Fine, so sail, world. I could do this all day. Are you watching closely? Welcome, everybody, to the One-Eyed Film Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Mossberg, and we are here to talk about soundtracks. Some of the best objective top three (laughs) soundtracks in movies or media i guess there it's an important piece of filmmaking it helps convey emotion it sometimes i think it's funny the times that there's a eerie music and it kind of gives away what's what's coming up or you know a minor key or something like that but yeah it's an integral part of movies and even a part of not movies and uh, that leads me into introducing our first time guest jordan olson who has made our intro both our intro music and the music for our audio drama testimony and we're also going to be working on an upcoming audio drama that will feature his music as well so welcome jordan to at least this episode of the podcast i hope we can have you back some other time as well absolutely and uh And we also have Will and Zach with us. Guys, we got some good conversation, I think, and we get to listen to some cool music. So let's get right into it. I'm going to start with Jordan and his number three pick. We're going to go third place, second place, and some honorable mentions, and then first place. So we're going to start with Jordan's third pick. Jordan, do you want to explain your third pick? Uh, Sure. It's right there. (laughs) Um, My third pick is the Mandalorian soundtrack. Um, Mm. It just kind of... I I had never really heard of Ludwig Göransson. I don't know how that's actually how you say his name, but I feel like he just kind of came out of nowhere with the Mandalorian soundtrack. And obviously the Mandalorian became super, super popular. So the soundtrack kind of rode along with that. But it is really, really nice um, standalone. And the the very last track on the first kind of album for the first episode just kind of encapsulates the whole soundtrack, I feel like. And it's just a really interesting combination of like the giant recorders that he used and the modular synth. That's kind of his staple thing and then he also did a really good job emulating the kind of john williams style scoring in in the kind of i don't remember what's the name of his ship he has like a specific theme for the ship and that's where he kind of emulated the john williams style and so i feel like it's just a really good combination of all those elements no what's the name of mando's ship the razor crest yeah the razor crest you actually have a mandalorian poster behind me right now oh nice (laughs) oh there you go all right let's take a listen to the mandalorian Thank you. 
All right, good stuff. Wow, that I didn't actually realize until now that Ludwig Jorgensen had made the Mandalorian theme. So <laughs> really? <laughs> I know that he's very into either different types of instruments or just playing them uniquely. And we're going to talk about one of them that's on my list in a second, one of his works. But oh. that's where his his very interesting sounding instruments and, and scores come from, I think. Yeah. Jordan, have you seen the video? Because I, I watched it a while back when I was doing a music class and like modern music and stuff like that and like video games and stuff like that, which was very interesting. Where they did like, we watched like a video about like how he makes this music and what inspired him. So it's just like the soundtrack. I don't hear a lot of the Mandalorian soundtracks. I haven't watched the TV show, but like from the pieces I have seen, it, it does sound very unique in like the different genres it's drawing from and what it's used to making it. Yeah, I've seen some sort of video where he kind of breaks down that track. But yeah, but what I mainly remember is like the, he has like a, a giant recorder essentially doing that primary thing at the beginning. And then mm. he does a lot with modular synthesis, which is like, I don't even know how to describe modular. It's so crazy, but it's like, it's like, it looks like a giant spaceship, like tech board. And he's just like moving all these different knobs and stuff to get different sounds. And then you kind of splice that together in your DAW to, to get something that's workable. But yeah, he has a lot of different techniques that he's really a unique composer. So the thing about Lud Ludwig Göransson, is that his name? Uh, I think he's Swedish. So it's kind of Göransson, but Göransson. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Ludwig Göransson. Uh, <laughs> nice, Will. <laughs> Don't you know? Hey, watch out. I'm from Minnesota, man. I know how to do that accent. So oh, he's done a lot of great stuff. Mandalorian, Oppenheimer. I think he's even done some work on some sitcoms. If I'm being honest, he's like, I think he's done the only soundtrack for movie that I just don't like. You guys know what movie I'm talking about? I'm worried. I'm talking about Tenet. No! I, I, I knew it. I was like, like, that's definitely suspect. Oh my Really? Gosh. It huh. just sounded like rave music to me. Just like, <laughs> just for the whole film. And I'm like, I just don't like that. Yeah, that's the one that uses like exclusively modular synth, I think. I'm sorry if this was in anyone's top three, but... <laughs> I think it's definitely Seth's. Moving on to Will's number three. Will, explain your third place for best soundtrack so i mean i'm not like a super heavy into like soundtracks per se like i was looking through like some of my liked songs or whatever in the music i really like to listen to i'm usually pretty selective where it's like i like this one theme or I like this one song from a film so there's not a whole lot of soundtracks per se but there was going a bit of back and forth and when i get to the honorable mention i'll i'll talk about this but this one i think i just liked because i do like the soundtrack as a whole and this is a pretty good song in and of itself so just kind of like a generic thing but yeah I'm generally pretty selective with my songs, but there's every now and then I'll come across a soundtrack that I'm like, I like the vibe. I like this. And this is just one of them. Okay, it was the Les, Mis Les Miserables. Les Miserables. What did you say? I can't. It's <laughs> literally the Miserables. That's what it translates to. I can't. I don't know how to say French. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. It's Les Miserables or whatever. Let's, I, I don't let's speak listen. French. <laughs> oh, me? Oh, me? No hablo el baguette. <laughs> Uh, oh my is muy mal. All right, all right, let's listen to it. One day more, another day, another destiny. This never-ending road to Calvary. These men who seem to know my crime will surely come a second time, one day I more. I did not live until today. 
How can I live when we are parted? One day more. Tomorrow you'll be worlds away. And yet with you my world has started. One more day I'm on my own. Will we ever be? I don't want to say it's cheating because it's a theater show, but <laughs> I well, you you could say it's from the movie. I'm kind of you disappointed. It's you not okay. Okay, okay. But I was, apparently, okay. I, apparently the movie is heretical, so I don't know. I just <laughs> like the soundtrack. Talk to any theater kid, and Jordan is borderline theater kid. Yeah, that there is divisions about Les Mis and which Absolutely. recording you listen to. Um, yeah, which is what I always found really funny because I was like, they sound the same to me, so. Except for the 25th put... anniversary one where like all like the Javert's around the world sang it and there's that there's that video online which I watched which yeah. is very good. I played the 10th anniversary one. I'm sorry if that offended anyone. I'm ignorant. 
<laughs> Either way, the song is really great. I know there's like memes of me trying to sing One Day More by myself because it's all these different yeah. characters from the story of Les Mis, which we should talk about sometime. That is a great story about the gospel. And it's just about redemption. I'll get I'll save that for another time. <laughs> that song just compiles everyone and is like you know, right before act one closes and the intermission starts, it gets you kind of caught up where everyone is in the story. And just that final chorus is so good. And I was laughing at all of us mouthing along with it because it's <laughs> so fun to, to at least pretend to sing. I don't, I yeah. know I, I don't, I couldn't do it justice, but man, is it fun? Yeah. Well, I and like that's that. the thing, like part of the reason why I like it is, I mean, the, the Le Mes entire like soundtrack, like, I'm not like super, super into it. Uh, there's a lot of songs I like, especially the Javert song, Stars, because I've sung that before. Mm. But part of the reason I really like this one is because it's a harmony song in the sense that not like harmony, like how you actually sing it, but, like a harmony song. And like it's it's built upon the harmony of different people working together to create it. And that's very nostalgic for me because I remember like trying to sing it with a bunch of my old theater friends, including you, Seth, back in the day when we were, we were going to like try and do it together and ultimately didn't end up going through. But that was like, I really enjoyed that where like all my, all the people I really cared about, all my friends, we were all working together. We were, we, had, we each had a different part in this. We were all making it one cohesive, like united song. And it was really, really cool to see that play out in real life. So that's, that's part of the reason why it's also got a bit of a nostalgia factor for me, but also it's just really, really good. And like the soundtrack as a whole is like really, really good because each song is very personalized to the characters and speaks a lot to them about, about what they go through. And it's just, yeah, very well done. I really love that technique that's used where it's like all the, like you were saying, Seth, where all the different characters are like singing their own different melodies all at the same time. Like it can sound very chaotic, but when you like dissect it and really listen to like what each individual character is doing and the way the lines like interact with each other. Like I'm, I'm in a production of Anastasia right now and they do that in the track quartet at the ballet. And it's one of my favorite tracks on the entire album because just mm. like all the way, all these different lines like interweave with one another. And if you like listen to each one and they're saying something unique, but it's, all cohesive and it's just such a beautiful technique moving on to zach zach's number three is uh, my third is a quiet life from a quiet place oh so oh is that the, hor oh, the horror one okay yeah. i've not listened to this or let's, seen let's the movie let's listen to it Thank you. 
That's gorgeous. Yeah, I was watching Jordan Vibe do it. He was like <laughs> smiling and I've never. And I can't believe I've never heard that before. It's, I kind of want to listen to it. So good. Uh, yeah, I need to listen. Very to the simple. Soundtrack. Very simple. But yeah. I like it. Cause, yeah. I mean, it's, oh. it, it. If you go in for like a quiet horror film, like that's definitely got a good creepy, low... but yeah, but not mm. like super scary vibe. It's like a very yeah. It's very quiet and interesting. The low the low bass twang was, <laughs> was really cool. I don't know. That's just the only thing I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. It gets tied with a very emotional moment from the end of the first movie. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it because I don't think half of us have seen it. So I'm not going to say too much. Wait, is it Jordan and Will? Have you not seen the movie? I have not seen the movie, but I do know kind of how it ends, especially with one character and their friend. Okay. <laughs> I have, I have not, I've also not seen it. Okay. Yeah. I, we, did, we have an episode on it. Zach and I did an episode <laughs> covering it. So watch the movie, the go listen to that episode, and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do that right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's tied to a very emotional moment from the first one and i remember when it when it plays at the beginning of the second one like i started tearing up which i think mm. is kind of one of those great things about soundtracks is you almost remember the emotions from them more than the exact scene sometimes yes. if you know what i mean so i Absolutely. think especially with this one i just start to get in the feels i mean i think that's the epitome of good music writing i don't know what jordan what's the actual word song composing i guess song writing. composing composing yeah. and i think you see that good examples are in star wars where you can hear the force theme or luke's theme or something mm. like that i i remember the one bright light the the part i actually enjoyed in she hulk was when the daredevil <laughs> theme played the only time i felt any sort of joy watching that show I hit, did you actually watch it <laughs> yes unfortunately oh, oh my wow. goodness <laughs> It's it so superficial, though, how they use that theme. Yeah. Well, the point is the either either the tonation of a character, a character's own theme, or the meaning of something. And Zach, like like you were saying, this quiet place track is connected to that emotional beat in the story. And if it, I didn't know it was reused in the second one. I've only watched it once then that brings back that memory either that you had with the emotion of that first time it played or just at least referencing that this is connected in that way. All right, my number three, my third place, is one that I, I was a little torn between because of some smack I've talked on this podcast recently. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also, it's not a two-parter. It's it's one and the same. It's Portals from Endgame. Oh. And, therefore, <sighs> and therefore the Avengers theme. But I think with portals as you'll hear in a second it's just so much more grand and it reminds me of the first time i watched endgame at the peak of the mcu i think and yeah let's listen to it
that hits me. That's <laughs> I, low key. That was something of a consideration. It was just mm-hmm. that, yeah, I was like I legitimately that. considering like putting that into one of my honorable mentions because it is like that brings me back. Yeah. I know we should we we should do like a four, five, sixth place after this one because <laughs> there's so many good ones. The reason I like that so much, and specifically Portals, more than just the emotional connection I have to it, is that it is the Avengers theme with more instruments, the same way that the Avengers theme was first introduced in the Avengers movie, and there were only six of them, and now there's, well, there was like 20 or 30 actual characters, (laughs) but then there's thousands of side characters. But yeah, we've, we've grown these 10 years with the Marvel characters getting to know new ones. And there's so many more added. And I think even with the intro to Endgame, I don't remember if it was specifically the Avengers theme or just the Endgame soundtrack is that half of the musical instruments were missing from that theme because the blip had happened in between movies. Mm. And so it was at half the, the, the orchestra was at half the power, not not like there were where there should be two flutes, there was one. It was that there were certain instruments missing from an orchestra that, that should have been there. And that might be side tangent if that wasn't the Avengers theme, but it's still really cool and how that's another example of using the soundtrack to tell the story alongside the dialogue, the acting, the cinematography. Everything plays a part. And then just the Avengers theme in in itself is an iconic theme by now. And yeah, it's it reminds me of the first one well it encapsulates the team that mm-hmm. they decide to that is the avengers of working together so. i think there's a lot of cool symbolism in that song like at the beginning when there's just the one trumpet playing as cap mm-hmm. is standing there by himself and as more people come through the portals it gets louder and louder until everyone's there and then yeah i you basically hit like the kind of what i was going to mention but i, I also got to say like it really does bring me back though because i distinctly remember like the first time seeing the theater and like watching it and, like I looked over at Seth. I was like, oh yeah, it's about to happen. Now. <laughs> it's just like that FI because like you're watching it like this is it. This is what I've waited like 10 years to build up on. This is like watching through every film with my friends, going to them, theorizing and waiting. And this is it. This is like the moment they finally say assemble and it just happens. And you're just like, it just, yeah, it just really, really, really hits me. And I just, yeah, Man, it feels. No other movie series has done anything like the MCU did over the course of 10 years, building up 20 plus movies at that point to include all of these spin-off characters because at that point a cinematic universe wasn't i mean by 2019 you knew what a cinematic universe was but marvel started taking these spin-offs and bringing all the characters into one and that's just that's the first time it's ever been done and i don't think we'll ever get anything as cool as that unless there is a massive crossover marvel dc star wars marvel something like that i don't think that's ever going to happen but that grand of a scale that the music just tells the story yeah, there's a great video. I think it's by Shay Frillis. It's called like we, we take the MCU for granted. And it's kind of a, lo- a love letter to the the first three. I don't know what they're called, but like parts of the MCU leading up to Endgame. And just like just like you were saying, like nothing like this has ever happened before in cinema, and nothing like this will probably ever happen again. And it's just mm-hmm. such an incredible thing. Like the movies on their own might not be masterpieces, but collectively they just mean so much to so many people. And the music really encapsulates that for sure.
All right, moving on. We're going to talk about Jordan's second place. What is my second place? Oh, yeah. What is your second place? My second place is Hedwig's theme from, mm. what is that movie called? Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> iconic <laughs> iconic soundtrack from John Williams. I didn't realize that this was like supposed to be like my votes for the best soundtracks of all oh. time. So this is kind of just like my favorite moments in soundtracks in general. But yeah, I threw together this little edit that kind of showcases the really insanely fast violin parts of the Hedwig's theme. That's just like one of my favorite moments in soundtracks in general so yeah let's take a listen Yeah, I just, I love those strings so much. And like at the beginning there, the strings and the celeste, or celeste, I don't actually know how to pronounce it, but they're playing 16th notes at somewhere around like 180 beats per minute, which means they're playing roughly 12 notes every second. 
which is just absolutely oh insane. Like it makes a little bit more sense for the celeste because it's a keyboard instrument, but playing that on violin is just insane. Mm. Oh my goodness, I love that score so much. <laughs> That's cool to me how much a composer can capture in like one piece of music like that. Like as I listen to that, you know, here like it gets whimsical, it gets eerie, it gets like curious, I guess is the best way to put that, but it's it's just so many different emotions that John Williams is able to capture in one song like that. Yeah, I definitely use the word whimsy or whimsical for it because Harry Potter, like the the movie series, especially like the earlier ones are very whimsical and like strange and like all sorts of weird stuff happens. For the Harry Potter, at least the whole theme of Harry Potter, I don't know. See, here's the thing. Do we associate the Harry Potter theme with Harry Potter and that's why we think of magic? Or does the music portray magic outside of the theme of Harry Potter? I don't know. Like if you were to tell somebody, listen to the soundtrack and they haven't seen Harry Potter, what would they think of? And maybe that is good. Maybe that does portray the magic, the twinkling and the the sort of almost pixie dust sound. Or is it just Harry Potter and therefore it means magic? I don't know. Also, if you have not listened to our Harry Potter episode, go listen to it because I lay out why I think that Harry Potter is one of the best examples of the gospel in modern storytelling. So go listen to that. Yeah, yeah it's actually Luke and I, my little brother Luke and I talk about it. It's legit. Okay. Will, you're up next. Okay. Yeah. So this one is actually pretty easy for me to choose and like i kind of feel convicted putting it in second place and stuff like that and it's hard to choose like a specific <laughs> song out of out of these this because this is the lord of the rings franchise and like howard shore just nailed it like everything like every theme <laughs> every composition is just ah uh, chef's kiss perfect and so it's like really hard for me to choose what one i'd like i literally gave seth like three songs like okay here just here's the one i guess i'll choose but like if anyone else chooses lord of the rings you could pick some other ones because i just love them all and so like this one i think that when you're gonna play is called the black gate opens and i mm -hmm. think it's probably one of my favorite parts of the film where sam is just like sam and frodo are just like on like the the side of mount doom and they're just like they've almost given up there's like almost no hope there's fire around them they look terrible but like that's where the sam says his iconic line you know i can't carry it but i can carry you and like he like lifts frodo up on his back and they just keep on going on and i just love that moment and i love the music that corresponds with it i love how we're giving spoilers to lord of the rings and not a quiet place <laughs> okay, all right if you have it's it's 15 yeah. years old and if you haven't yeah. seen yeah. it lord of, the rings. lord of the rings is a bit older i know i know <laughs> all right here we go the black gates open
man that, yeah that's see good. see that's I, I just love that part because well there's like a lot of other parts of like howard shore like soundtrack or that is so good like especially the charge of the rohirrim you know when like theoden he's like say death and like everyone's like getting pumped up and they charging down there's that epic score and it's like hmm, that's like and a whole bunch of other ones as well that's all really great and good but what i really like about this one is that i think it truly captures the theme of the lord of the rings which is like you've got like this big build-up like the the tense building moat sounds at the start and then you know it leads into like that little bit of that extra theme and then it like goes really quiet and you've only got that that little flute playing and that's like the only thing it that's literally it that's standing out and then it leads into the next part and i really think that captures the essence of the lord of the rings which is that it's not so much strength in and of itself that like is what enables you to defeat evil it's like the simple things in life like the good naturedness like the simpleness of like the hobbits and like that the simple goodness that is what is more powerful and that's what enables people to keep on going on and i just love how that's really represented in the in the scene itself that this music is paired to and the music and that score and how it's just like even though we're on mount doom like mount doom of all places there's that simple a flute plane and that's like sam saying i'm still gonna keep on going i'm gonna help you finish this and we're gonna get this done and yeah i just i just love that i don't know what exact instrument it was but there's like it almost gives me horse vibes <laughs> it sounds like a gallop <laughs> and i think that's what i kind of picture the return of the king theme and it's not obviously but that's when i pictured in my mind when i heard that theme on top of that yes the return to concerning hobbits theme just for a split second so that you understand that their friendship has traveled this whole way to mountain doom and that they've made it so far and they're just gonna finish it with the sam being the man <laughs> the myth the legend <laughs> and that's the that's the theme notes that we were talking about earlier of that bring back a certain thought from earlier in the movie that just helps with the storytelling so much. Maybe it's just me, but I think one of the coolest parts of the, you know, Howard Shore and the Lord of the Rings soundtrack is that I, you feel like you're somewhere else when you listen to it. Like when you listen to Concerning Hobbits or some of the music from Battle of Helm's Deep, you close your eyes while listening to Concerning Hobbits, you know, you feel like you're in the Shire, you can see the grass and the hobbit holes and everything, and it, it's just a very magical feeling. Otherworldly. Yeah. The Lord of the Rings is just such an incredible score. Just a little side tangent, I was in Scotland in May, and I was climbing this, I guess they would call it a hill, but it felt more like a mountain to me, and I was with one of my choir buddies, because it was a choir trip, and it was just the two of us climbing this and we we're like, oh man, we need some epic music. So he put in earbuds. I think he was listening to God of War or something, but I, <laughs> I threw on, I think it was Riders of Rohan as I was just like <laughs> climbing to the summit of this hill yes. and it just felt so epic with that music. There you go. All right, Zach's number two. Test drive from How to Train Your <laughs> Heck Let's yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it.
that song is just like ultimate thrill to me. I don't know if you've ever listened to that song while like cruising down the highway, but it's, <laughs> it's so cool. I've done it quite a few times. It's fun. Okay, I have a confession to make. Just about a month ago, I finally watched all three How to Train Your Dragon movies for the first time in my life. Oh, wow. I am 22, and I just got to How to Train Your Dragon movies. Wait, was it your uh, first time seeing all three? I think I had watched the first one when I was in uh, like 13 or something, okay. but two and three I hadn't seen yet. They were really good. We might do an episode on it, but yeah, the soundtrack is really good and yeah. gives you the feels like... It, it, and this one specifically, like you said, it, it kind of gives you that speed feel of mm-hmm. of going fast and and grand as well for a kids movie of all things. Yeah. That's one of the videos I've seen of the director coming to John Powell and saying, "Oh, we need you to write a a, a soundtrack for a kids movie about a dragon. It doesn't need to be anything crazy." And then it's the it cuts to the piano man with the piano on fire. Yes, just, <laughs> man, it's good for it. Probably made How to Train Your Dragon really popular if. It wasn't. I, 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 I have a bold statement. I don't think How to Train Your Dragon would have been as popular without such great music. It was really good. It, it was beyond good with the music. But I think that if it was subpar music, it might not have hit as much. But because of that, it's really good. Yeah, I, I think, I think this, this movie and this, I mean, it's like a trilogy now, isn't it? Has really made a comeback almost in recent years with, especially with like TikTok edits of different soundtracks mm. combined. I feel like obviously it was popular enough when it when it first came out to get sequels, but I feel like it really like had a resurgence in the past couple of years. Like even Northwestern, like last year, I think in one of the concerts did how to train your dragon music. Cause it's just like, yeah. yeah, it's popular again. I think it's the nostalgia and we might do an episode again, a lot of future promises, uh, <laughs> but we're in the nostalgia era of media and how a lot of what we grew up with is making a comeback either with sequels or with reboots or with even simple things like TikTok trends and using mashups or using the sounds for those type of things. Like that's, that's the era we're living in. And that's probably why, and it, that's how to train your dragon is also one, a series that grew up with their audience and that has uh, value too, same as Harry Potter, where you just made them as the years went along and your your characters grew with your audience. Especially in regards to animation. You can definitely yeah, tell that. For sure. I love the animation of that one. If you didn't know, if you didn't know, I have a degree in animation. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit. Yeah. I will say like my favorite my favorite type of the test drive theme is the last part of the third film because that just like takes all of it and just like ranks it up to like 11 that's one of my favorite i've got that on my liked songs for spotify it's really definitely really good what's really cool to me is that there's the part in the scene where he's falling and when you listen to the soundtrack you can like hear where that is because there's that sudden change and you almost Mm -hmm. feel like you're falling yourself and then toothless catches him and there's just this very triumphant return to the original theme Mm -hmm. of the song and that's just really cool how they use that symbolism yeah for sure all right my number two pick is it Tenet? Is no, okay. no. Why would you think that? It's hands down. Um, <laughs> hands it, down. My number two pick is a classic, and I don't want it to be a, a cop out. I don't want it to be. Oh, this was an easy one. I legitimately love this one, and it, of course, is the Star Wars theme in all its glory. Here it is. <laughs>
Oh, and if you guys didn't know, when you play oh, yeah. any of the Star Wars official soundtrack songs on Spotify, the playback line is a lightsaber. And that is such a cool Easter egg. It doesn't have to be official. Anything that says Star no Wars will way. have that. I, I, I went to the test. I was trying to find the most like unrelated thing to Star Wars that still had the lightsaber thing. Yeah. And I found some tracks that did not seem to have any correlation to Star Wars. But because they had War and Star in the name, it still had the <laughs> lightsaber thing. It's so hilarious. That's awesome. So go, yeah, go check that out on the desktop app on Spotify. I don't think it works on the mobile. This is my fun fact of that track. The first note of the Star Wars theme matches exactly with the last note of the 20th Century Fox theme so that they blended seamlessly when they first released in mm. when they first released a New Hope. I think that's kind of cool. It's totally unnecessary, but it really blends. And the reason I said I don't want this to be a cop out is because I've expressed how much I am frustrated with Star Wars and Disney right now. But this reminds me of the original six movies. Not because Disney hasn't used this theme at all. They still have. I remember people were in an uproar when they didn't use the text crawl and the official intro for I think it was either Solo or Rogue One or both because they were spinoffs and they don't use it for every single piece of media now which is fine and it's not that Disney doesn't use the Star Wars theme at all they used them in the the sequels but I just hear that music and I think A New Hope specifically but also the original six yeah, there's actually a really cool very big orchestral version of that song that was used in the trailer for episode 9 I don't know if it was actually mm. like in the movie but it's probably like it the best version of the song. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And if you want to hear a really good version of the trailer version of the ninth movie, you should look up, what is his name? Kim something. Samuel Kim. Samuel Kim. Yeah, there you go. He does like a he does, great, oh, yeah. he does, he does great, a great job of that. That's like literally one of my favorite, like just songs or not songs, like musical things to listen to. Yeah. Even like more than the classic. Sorry, Seth. Yeah. Star Wars is such an iconic soundtrack. Like it's... And I mean, such iconic movies too, but like, it's hard to find somebody who doesn't know the main theme. And what I find really interesting about that is like, sometimes composers or, or just people in general feel like John Williams kind of invented the musical sound of space with Star Wars, mm -hmm. but he drew a lot of inspiration from Gustav Holst's The Planets, which is something that came out in like yes. the early 1900s. Yes. Charles Cornell has a great video comparing some of the bits and pieces from the two. And mm -hmm. it's just like, even before John Williams, Williams, there's the sound the musical sound of space and the fact that he drew on that to create star wars is just such a, a really really cool thing for the composing world and yeah star wars has a great soundtrack over the over the course of coming up on 40 years or it has been 40 years 2017 was the 40 year anniversary we're coming up on 50 years of star that's wars. crazy wow. <laughs> yeah so over 50 years of star wars there has been so much music made and yeah duel of the fates the force theme what's the revenge of the sith one called the actual track where obi-wan and anakin are fighting isn't it just called oh what is that one called it's got some cool name revenge of sith is it just anakin versus obi-wan oh i thought there was a cooler name than that yeah oh yeah man they could have come up with a better name than that anyways come on some John good Williams. stuff some good stuff <laughs> all right some quick honorable mentions will's honorable mention go ahead What's it? What's the title for your honorable mention? Your fourth place, or just one that you like? Yeah. So my my honorable mention of sports. This again. This was really closely tied with like my Lebes one, but this is just the Deliver Us from Prince of Egypt because I just that's like one of the sound one of like the few soundtracks where like all of them are just like pretty good. Like mm -hmm. not all of the songs in them are stellar, but I think that soundtrack in particular is just like it's 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 really solid. Yep. And like Deliver Us is just a really really good opening because it musically tells the entire story 
and set you up for what you're getting ready to do. For sure. Uh, ready. Here we go.
I remember this was weirdly enough one of the soundtrack CDs that my parents would pop in our CD player to get us to go to sleep and I think this was the wrong choice. I'm just calling my parents out for this. The yelling of blood, sand, sweat at the beginning is not how to get how you get a kid to go to sleep. It is a beautiful soundtrack. And ironically, though. that was what my parents played while we were working. <laughs> I'm kidding. They didn't actually. That's hilarious. It is a beautiful soundtrack. And if you listen to our Prince of Egypt episode, you'll know that they remade it into a theater show with some, most of the songs were just remade to be newer and, and more updated, but also added a few songs. So listen to our episode about that. Listen to that whole soundtrack. I prefer the theater soundtrack over the original. What? So that's <laughs> what? <laughs> Sex is, what? <laughs> what? That's my personal preference. You be the judge of that. But yeah, love the Friends of Egypt. Yep, pretty good. All right, uh, Zach, your runner-up. Well, my honorable mention is Mia and Sebastian's theme from La La Land. 
Jordan knows what he's doing. <laughs> I love that. You want to go play that so live for us? <laughs> I, I wish I could. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I can't believe that Ryan Gosling actually learned how to really play that. Like he oh. actually learned how to play the pieces that he plays in that movie. It's just incredible. I have not seen La La Land. What? No way. No. I had, Seth, that's one of my favorite movies. Really? Oh, I had, so good. I know it is. I had a friend of mine offer oh. to have a watch party with me, and she never actually executed it. So if you're listening to this, Maya, you need to <laughs> figure out a time with me to go watch La La Land. Apparently, because of, it's a sin with my friends here oh, to not have seen goodness. La La Land. It's so good. It's so good. And I know. Oh. I mean, it's got my man Ryan Gosling. So I, yeah, please I get invite it. me to that watch party. I love that movie so much. <laughs> I'm gonna be a little little. I'll just briefly make this since this is an honorable mention. I'm gonna just gonna say like that specific one wasn't like too astounding for me, except for maybe like the ending part because that's like a lot of like really good piano stuff. But I mean, yeah, it's it's still pretty good. I suppose it's impressive for sure <laughs> yeah. to go up and down. I mean, I used to play piano. That's an impressive piece to play. I like the, it's got, you know, kind of like a sad, mysterious and jazzy vibe to it, which kind of mm. captures the spirit of the movie very well. All right. My honorable mention is not a movie. It is not a TV show. It is a video game. Oh, and I feel like that's cheating. Cause I feel like we could do an entirely separate hey, episode. Just on that's, you picked it. You so picked facts. a theater. You picked a theater show. Twice. No, I, movie one. I technically picked you, the movie. Your <laughs> list is all musicals, dude. We could definitely do an episode on video game soundtracks, though. For sure. Well, yeah. We didn't make that clarification. So for now, it yeah. counts. If we do a sequel to this, maybe we'll maybe we'll mix it up a bit. But this is the theme of The Last of Us.
I have a sort of cheat. And this is this comes after I played the video game. I loved the first one. Josh and I talked about again. These are a bunch of this is just a culmination of me telling the listeners you guys to just go listen to our past episodes because <laughs> Josh and I covered The Last of Us, both the video game and the TV show. But I love playing the first one. And what I did was I have these bone conducting headphones. They don't sit in your ear. They sit next to your ear, and they you can still hear the music very clearly. But you are also like your ears are open to everything around you. Mostly used for runners so that you're aware of your surroundings. But what I would do when I was working outside is I would start the soundtrack and play that in my headphones so that I could hear everything like the, you know, birds chirping, nature sounds and the soundtrack, which is very Last of Us-esque. That's not even a, that's not even a word, but it gives, it, it's a, if you play the whole album, it's basically a soundtrack for just chilling and working and vibing outside. Like that's, that's, that was fun for me. It was a season of life where I just played that as I worked outside. I don't know. That's awesome. So that's the theme from the game. Yeah. And I think that. Okay, I didn't realize they borrowed that for the show. Yeah. The, they probably just redid it for the show. Newer, same as the Prince of Egypt that I talked about, newer, better, revamped a little bit, but yeah, it's uh iconic and reminds me of the first game and is i also think he i don't even know how to say the the composer's name gustavo santo lala i butchered <laughs> that so bad <laughs> he he probably i believe <laughs> i watched behind the scenes of how he made this music and he played on an out-of-tune guitar i believe which is a reference to the post-apocalyptic type of world the last of us is set in where i don't know it's not like they had no way to tune a guitar but it makes it feel more rustic so yeah, that's my my honorable mention. On to our first place winners for our top three objective, obviously, musical <laughs> scores, or not musical scores, movie scores of all time. We'll start with Jordan. Jordan, what is your right. top? Let me lead into score? this a little bit. Yes. Once again, I didn't I didn't realize it's supposed to be like the best <laughs> score of all time. My this bad. is just like my personal favorite as of late. It's, it's, I'm a little biased because I've been just listening to this on repeat as of late. It's a Hans Zimmer score, but it's really? not the Hans Zimmer score you might expect. It's mm. Lion King, which uh. I did not even realize he did. <laughs> It's excitement. such it, a great score. And like, is it this he, land? Well, actually, the, the thing that I sent to Seth is actually like a, a five-minute edit of like all my favorite parts <laughs> of all of the Hans Zimmer score. Because like if you look mm. at the album, it like starts with a couple of the songs and then it has the Hans Zimmer scores and then more songs. And I, the, the songs are great, like Hakuna Matata and like I don't remember what Scar's song is, the, the, the villain oh, song. But <laughs> Be prepared. Will, They're all so iconic. But Will that's, that's my song. Score. Will knows that's my song that is Will played yeah. Scar in Lion oh my King goodness. Kids. And I myself, yours truly, played Mufasa. Wow. So we, we broke Pride Rock. I did that's break Pride Rock. Um, yeah, we, that's great. We have a deep connection to that movie.
Jack's dying. Love it so much. Hans Zimmer just really pulled through <laughs> with this one. Hans Zimmer um, really just kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, when, when you think of Hans Zimmer at this point, you think of Interstellar, you think of Inception, you think of maybe mm-hmm. Dune at this point. But, like, before all that, before he was doing super, like, minimalist techniques in his movie scores, he was doing more, like, classical movie score sounds. And, and Lion King is a great example of that. I mean, that, that movie was is insanely popular. It was, like, probably the number one movie at one point. But, like, another great, like, older Hans Zimmer scores, like The Holiday. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It's, like, a 2000s mm. chick flick. But it has a phenomenal score by Hans Zimmer. And it's, like, you listen to it. You do not think Hans Zimmer at all. But he just has such an insane, like, width of, like, everything that he can do, all the different techniques, all the different styles that he can do. He can do them all expertly. Like, John Williams has, like, one classic sound. Hans Zimmer just does everything and does yeah. it all so well. Wow. Yeah, he, you're right. He's made so yeah. many iconic soundtracks. It's so cool. Imagine <laughs> that having all those under your belt. Right. And I'm sure he's, <laughs> he's got doesn't so many at all, insane ones. Yeah. And he's still going. Like, yeah. That's the best part. Like he's still, <laughs> well, he, maybe. I mean, no, he's probably he's like going. in his 70s at this point. John Williams is like 90 something. What was the last movie he did? I think. Uh, wait, I think John Williams doing... or Hans Zimmer? Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer yeah, Jordan is... says, Oh, he's only 66. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Oh, he did the creator. Oh, oh there yeah. you go. So that was 2023. Apparently, he's going to do Dune. That's set for 2024, 20, part two. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's definitely still going. But he has so... Like, if you just look at the, like, Google results for Hans Zimmer movies, yeah. he's done so many insane soundtracks. And a lot of them are Nolan movies. <laughs> yeah. That, he, yeah, he and Nolan are really close. They're buddy, buddy. All right. All right. Wales number one. Yeah. Is um, this any surprise? This is a musical. Okay. This is a <laughs> just, yeah. To surprise of probably not too many people who've been listening <laughs> and following for a while, this one is from now on. <laughs> from The Greatest Showbed. So yeah, this it's literally the first liked song I have on any of my apps, music Wait, apps, I guess. I just, and if you listen to our Greatest Showman episode that Seth and I did, I expound a little bit on why I really like this song. But it, yeah, it's just, it's just, I love it so much. Mostly because just because of the theme the things it's actually talking about i mean the greatest showman has got a fantastic list of just songs and music to it like every one of them is just really good but this one i love because it's just a guy who's admitting that he's wrong and he's messed up and he's going to try his best to make amends and to do better and i just really love that and i think my favorite types of music and songs are the ones that like inspire me and lift me up and offer hope but also like they are the things that I can get behind. And that's part of the reason why I like Howard Shore's Lord of the Rings music. But this one in particular is just like, I just, this is the type of stuff like I listen to like when it's like really late at night and it's dark and I've had a rough day or like before I'm going to do something big, I'm like, I kind of need this. I really like this. I think it's very biblical and it's like way of like just life's life's going to be tough and you're going to mess up because you're human. But, you know, from now on, I'm going to change and try and do better. And yeah, I just really love it. So head it away, Seth. You heard it here first. The Greatest Showman is Will's depression music. If I had depression, but. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. Um... <laughs> is that okay, too I much? Say the... Is that I, too I must, much? I... That was for a bit. But I thought it was just funny. Yeah, I thought it was funny. It's just really funny. Because like, I'm just oh like, man, people are really depressed nowadays. And I, I, I don't know. Yeah, they, I guess it's people, people do be. <laughs> Never mind. I'm gonna. Just... <laughs> I'm gonna stop. Let's listen. Stop your get head. That. <laughs> I 
saw the sun begin to dim and felt that winter wind blow cold. A man learns who was there for him when the glitter fades and the walls won't hold. Cause from that rubble, what remains can only be what's true. If all was lost, there's more I gained. Cause it led me back to you. From now on, these eyes will not be blinded by the light. From now on, once waited till tomorrow starts tonight. Tonight, let this promise in me start like an anthem in my heart. From now on, from now on, I drink champagne with kings and queens. The politicians praise my name. But those were someone else's dreams, the pitfalls of the man I became. For years and years, I chased their cheers, a crazy speed of always needing more. But when I stop and see you here, I remember who all this was for.
Okay, um, I, I aspire to one day to be able to sing that song, like, in the key that Hugh Jackman is singing it, because <laughs> it's one of my favorite songs, but man, is that difficult. Like, I've tried it before, like, every time it goes to, like, I, I, it's like the part where they're starting to get close to the chorus, I'm just like, oh, that's a little too high, I can't do that. I know, it's just, it's so good, and I want to sing it so badly, but I, I can't quite yet do it justice, but. Man, if uh. you can play Wolverine and hit that note, can't you do? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> the perfect man. <laughs> Greatest Showman was one of those weird situations where I had, like, the soundtrack memorized before I saw the movie. Oh. <laughs> really, really weird. But one day I'm just like, what's all this hype about? So I listened to the soundtrack, and then I kept listening to the soundtrack because I'm like, wow, this is actually really good. And then the movie, like, you know, that was, like, right after it was out of theaters. So then there was a while before mm. it was on DVD and streaming. So had to wait. So listen to the soundtrack. And yeah, nice. love the whole thing. For sure. All right, Zach, what's your number one? What's your, what's your trophy? It's also Hans Zimmer. <laughs> let's go you got some real zimmerman here probably one of his uh, more one of his more expected tracks but mm -hmm. it's time from inception oh yeah, yeah. yep
that the beauty of that piece is that it grows and yeah. it just starts so quiet and then just gets so grand over the course of four minutes. Like it's not sudden. It doesn't have a drop. It's just slowly adding instruments and volume until it's a classic Zimmer piece. First off, I want to say, if you haven't, you should watch the live version of this song. Ooh. Have any okay. of you seen that? Is, no. is that the one where Hans Zimmer whips out the electric guitar and plays yeah, the electric guitar? Yeah, he comes in <laughs> and loves that video so much. Oh and my it's goodness. the coolest thing ever. It's so amazing. It. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's it's such an iconic track. Like that was one of yeah. my favorite movie score tracks for a long time. And it's like it's it Hans Zimmer, I feel like, really popularized the use of twentieth century minimalist compositional mm. techniques in film. And it's kind of become oversaturated, I think. I think a lot of times it can kind of come off as like uncreative, but when Hans Zimmer does it, it just like it integrates into the film so well. Like he doesn't overuse it he doesn't use it where it doesn't belong he just uses it in all the perfect moments and that's one of those perfect moments where it just it just like you were saying it just like starts small you slowly add instruments it's the same four chords over and over and over again but the way he just like grows it grows it grows it just it works perfectly for that movie and i love it so much yep. and that's that plays on the plane at the end right in the movie I think yeah, so when they're all coming back okay. from the dreams i think yeah yeah, yeah. it's kind of got like some cool symbolic value too i think when as they like realize that they actually did it good pick good pick it was actually one of my when i was whittling down which ones i wanted and didn't want that was one of mine all right my number one is gonna make zach mad it's tenet it's it's tenet this one is and i ah I was going to, I swear I was going to say this before Zach made his comment, but it literally <laughs> is the one that represents the rest of the soundtrack. I just picked this one specifically, Rainy Night in Tallinn. I'm sorry, Zach. This is, <laughs> I love Tenet so much. And the soundtrack is, there's two moments and I'll talk about them in a sec, but let's listen to Rainy Night in Tallinn. Bear with me, Zach. Don't leave us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
I'm sorry. That one went a little too long. Oh that my god! I feel like you can indulge yourself. So that's your number one. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you could have picked like can you hear the music by Lagrue Goinson but instead you oh picked this one <laughs> I don't know Wait, man Jordan was jamming with me he was, we were feeling it so much oh my goodness to give a bit of credit to Zach it, that song does definitely give me like party jam vibes like if you just told me that was like you could tell me that wasn't from a film and I would believe you because it's just kind of like quirky mm. like it honestly uh, some parts <laughs> of it quirky. honestly <laughs> the soundtrack does get a little bit quirky at times <laughs> <laughs> like no it, it, it is it's kind of like the mandalorian where it's like a little weird like the different elements are oh, incorporating. Sure. Yeah. i mean i will say like some parts of that song do remind me of like 1960s like space movies because hmm. like some of that backdrop like sure. not all of it but like some elements of it like are there's just like so many different weird things going on with different musical instruments and editing that it's just yeah it's very interesting and yes quirky i think best describes it (laughs) it's very untraditional for sure yeah i will admit that that doesn't mean bad zach (laughs) i don't know i don't know if it's connected to me enjoying tenet so much as one of my favorite films i don't know what the experience would be like separated with that soundtrack without the experience of tenet and vice versa tenet without that soundtrack and maybe I don't know if... What do you think of Tenet, Zach? Like, do you like it? Wait, Tenet is, like, one of your favorite films? Oh, my gosh. We're not doing this. <laughs> Have you not listened to, like, our uh, like the last couple of Nolan fan. episodes? It's okay. It's far from Nolan's best. I don't think it's his best. I think it's my favorite. <laughs> it's your um, Just because... I don't know. It's one that I can... Listen to my episode. We did an episode okay. on it. Go listen to that. <laughs> you fan of the show. You co-host. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm kidding. Yeah, it's. I don't know what it. The I, I like it. And Zach's opinion is not going to sway me from that. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's bassy. It is very not even synthy. It's just weird. And I. I well, like that. yeah, it's it's modular synth. That's what it is. And modular synth is like a way of making music that is completely alien to every mm. other way of making music. Like it's it's super super hard to explain. I'd highly recommend doing your own research on modular synth. It's just such a different way of making music and so the result is a very different kind of music and you kind of have to be open to that but i really really love it zach's not open to that (laughs) (laughs) i think that's kind of what he was going for at least what nolan pushed him to do is make something that sounds grounded in our world but is still alien like that word you used is alien and that's kind of all of nolan's films where it, it most of them are grounded in the real world, but with just a little twist that gives you a, something of a what if scenario. Yeah. Well, it works well with Tenet too, because Tenet is very much like very Nolan. Like it's it's a bit more out there than normal it's because it's like, Nolan. oh, we're just going yeah. backwards, like literally backwards. And like yeah. the scenes yeah. themselves are weird and the music is weird. Oh. It's yeah, it definitely matches. A little side song. note. I haven't like looked at the soundtrack on Spotify a whole lot. There's a yeah. track from Travis Scott on there. Yeah, I saw that. I haven't. What I don't is, know which that? One that is, is that? Is that like might, in the credits or something? That might be a credits. It, it must be a credits. It's called song. The Plan, and it yeah. has more listens than any other track on the soundtrack. Because <laughs> I assume because it's Travis Scott. But like, what the heck is that about? Yeah. Anyway, 
I just found that interesting. Also, the trucks in place. If I had to shout out another track from that, the trucks in place one when they're when they have when they when they're smushing the the one van. Oh, oh that yeah. one has another oh. one of those. Duke, 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 Duke. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So Zach. That's, what, Zach? That was probably like one of the most annoying parts of the movie for me. Just <laughs> You can leave. You can <laughs> leave. Okay. The door is over there. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is so funny. Oh <laughs> Zach my. and I will beef it out later. Um, <laughs> but that is our top three. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends and let us know if you want to hear another one. Like maybe we'll... Maybe I'll have some other people on. Maybe we'll just do a part two where we pick our other top three. Like there's a lot of options. There's so many good ones. I think we've covered that. Like out of four of us picking four each, we didn't have the same one. I don't think we yeah. even had the same movie for any of them. Oh, you just... did have Ham Zim- Han Zimmer. So well, we had yeah. Zimmer, Han Zimmer. That, that goes with Han We had Star Wars too. So two Star Wars. Okay. But yeah, yeah, the there's so much good stuff out there. So let's appreciate other people's soundtracks and and. Like I, like I said before, like that wasn't a dig at Zach. I promise. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? I swear. Come on, guys, let's appreciate our other people's soundtrack. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Join our Discord, follow our socials, share with your friends, and thank you guys for being here and talking about this fun topic. Until next time, know that you are loved. God bless. Peace out. Bye. So long. Farewell. Alfred Hussein. Goodbye. <laughs>